From bloated and tired to free and inspired, welcome to Free and Inspired Radio with Philip Watkins, your weekly dose of everything digestion and mental health related. We hope you enjoy this episode. Here is your host, Philip Watkins. Yes, yes. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Free and Inspired Radio. I'm your host, a naturopathic practitioner, Philip Watkins, and I'm grateful to have you with us today. If you're new to the show, well, the title says it all. It's all about feeling free and inspired and exploring the many different avenues you can take to get there, whether it's deep dives on digestion and mental health solutions or guests who offer their own stories and answers. I hope I can be the type of guide you can rely on to unlock the agency you have to reach your own mental and physical competency. Let's get started with what's coming up on today's episode. Coming up on this week's show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wow. Episode 50 of Free and Inspired Radio. 50 episodes. Hey, it's quite a significant landmark in podcasting. And if you're a regular listener, I just want to thank you for listening so far. I hope you found the information in these episodes helpful. It's been a joy for me to do this, and I'm very grateful to all of the the people around the world who have listened. That's been quite astounding, just exactly how many different countries and representations we've, we've encountered together, all because of a common interest in the gut and the brain. Now, next year is going to be an exciting one with some guests who are way smarter than me lined up to build on some of the things that we've talked about over the last 50 episodes or so. So if you are a regular listener, once again, thank you so much. And hopefully next year, 2023, we'll be able to build on what we've started and give you some quality, valuable inflammation, uh, inflammation, gosh, uh, information <laughs> to help you with your gut and brain issues in episode 50. We are looking at the connection between the gut and Hashimoto's disease. Now, Hashimoto's disease is the most common autoimmune condition globally. It entangles both the gut and the brain symptomatically, and common examples of the gut problems that people get are generally constipation and bloating. So some overlap there with things like IBS, right? But when it, what about the gut? What is it about the gut when it comes to the triggers of Hashimoto's? Now, in this episode, we'll look at the gut, uh, gut's contribution in sustaining and perhaps even triggering Hashimoto's disease, and some possible things to look into if you haven't already. Now, let's define what autoimmunity, Hashimoto's disease, and the microbiome are, so that it's easy to understand the connection first. So autoimmunity uh, is a general term uh, you may have heard of before, but autoimmunity occurs when the component of the immune system that defends us from specific infections begins to attack the body's cells. An easy and essential way of understanding how this happens is, is what's referred to as a loss of immune tolerance. So when the immune system defends the body from a specific invader, the immune cells can recognize the pathogen if it arrives again. You may have heard of memory cells and things like that. And this is, you know, we're very well versed in how the immune system works, I think, over the last few years for obvious reasons. But this level of recognition allows the immune system to differentiate between cells usually found in the body and antigens not part of the body. Now, immune tolerance occurs when the immune system recognizes the cell 
all molecule as part of the body and doesn't mount an immune response. Now, one way I tend to explain this to my patients is to analogize this process with how people get into nightclubs. Just bear with me here. <laughs> the immune system encounters a variety of different potential invaders all the time, and it's the hope that the components of the barrier immune system, like your skin or your hydrochloric acid in your stomach, for example, do the bulk of the work when it comes to keeping things out. If this doesn't happen, then it's the immune system's job to provide the extra layer of security just like bouncers at a nightclub. So most of the time, the bouncers ensure that the patrons entering the nightclub fulfill the terms of entry, for example, legal drinking age, if you needed an example. Imagine you work in that nightclub as one of the bar staff, and a loss of tolerance would be when one of the bouncers decides that you shouldn't be in the club and tries to throw you out. It's kind of a strange one, but hopefully it kind of gives you a sense of what happens in the body when essentially a cell that's been there all of your life all of a sudden shouldn't be there anymore, or at least the immune system feels like it shouldn't be there. Now, when this tolerance fails, we start to see the immune system misfire and autoimmunity develop. With that said, Hashimoto's disease occurs when the immune system loses its tolerance to the molecules involved in, the th in thyroid function. So that can either be proteins or enzymes, just some of these really important catalysts for thyroid function and the immune system develops antibodies to them. So these molecules, as I said, are either proteins or enzymes and are naturally occurring cogs in the function of the thyroid. When the immune system essentially destroys these cells, the function of the thyroid is directly affected. This effect on the thyroid then brings about hypothyroid symptoms or low thyroid function as a consequence. Hypothyroidism symptoms include fatigue, cold intolerance, unexplained weight gain, dry skin and constipation and often symptoms of Hashimoto's disease overlap with hypothyroidism but will only be diagnosed with the help of blood tests to check on the autoimmune antibodies. Now a little quick pearl here if you like or at least from my seat in clinic is that I often see people who have had their thyroid checked and they've only unfortunately had TSH, T3 and T4 checked and those have all come back within the normal ranges but unfortunately they haven't had their uh, thyroid antibodies checked which then automatically misses the opportunity to see whether or not there's a flare-up in those antibodies and potential for autoimmunity because one of the key differences between hypothyroidism and Hashimoto's disease is the Hashimoto's disease is essentially an immune problem as opposed to a thyroid problem. So it's an immune problem that causes a thyroid problem. So this is where in some cases the blood test can miss these thyroid antibodies. An easy way to think about what happens when the thyroid slows down is to understand thyroid hormones role in the body. So I'll make it easy for you. Nearly every organ of the body is activated in some way by thyroid hormone, uh, including your heart, blood sugar control, brain and reproductive health, particularly in women. So things just seem to slow down, no more than what we see in the gut and also the brain. Now, how though does the microbiome and the bacterial environment in the digestive system play a role in Hashimoto's disease? That's of course what we're looking at in this episode. So if you're new to what the microbiome is, then an updated definition not only includes a collection of all the microbes that live in or on the body, uh, human body, but the associated genes that carry along with the molecules they give off as well. 
there are trillions of microbes that live in different colonies in different parts of your body. I cannot overstate this. All the different species contribute to the body's function uniquely, similar to that of an ecosystem in a rainforest. Now, you may have heard of how important diversity is in rainforests and food chains and all that kind of stuff, what's going on inside your digestion and other systems of your body with the bacteria there and all the other microbes is exactly the same. Isn't that crazy? So what's most interesting about this community's contribution to Hashimoto's disease and other illnesses is that each microbiome is highly personal and unique to to each individual. One researcher said that the microbiome is as unique as our fingerprint, which is cool. Uh, And that has tech implications as well later on down the track, as in we might actually be able to read your microbiome as a way of uh, identifying ourselves, which is nuts. Uh, This unique nature means that each microbiome's contribution to illness could be just as unique as the presentation itself. And this is where it's difficult to take 100,000 people and make really common kind of um, recommendations or common themes around the microbiome's contribution to illness. But we're seeing some common traits, and especially with microbiomes of people living with Hashimoto's disease, and that's the best we can do, it seems. So the the microbiome is involved in how available essential minerals are for your thyroid function. So one of the things people don't necessarily know is that your microbiome and probiotics and such are very heavily involved in your nutrition. And most notably, they're involved in helping a lot of minerals and vitamins and minerals uh, absorb into your body and activate. So when it comes to the microbiome and Hashimoto's, um, the microbiome influences the uptake of iodine, selenium, zinc, and iron, four of the critical forms of currency the thyroid uses to drive its function. So if you're familiar with Free Inspired Radio, you may be familiar with the fact that I use, uh, I compare vitamins and minerals to currency in that the body uses these, you know, these nutrients as a way to pay for functions. So this is a really easy way of considering how then, if you don't get as much iodine, selenium, zinc, and iron, because of the interaction with the microbiome that the body can't then pay for the transactions within the thyroid. So what happens there? You get low thyroid function. Now, in the case of iodine, uh, most people in developed regions get enough iodine. Still, a deficiency is known to cause thyroid symptoms along with a more commonly deficient mineral, which is selenium. Now, an excellent example of the relationship between probiotics and our minerals is uh, between a popular probiotic lactobacillus, which you may have heard of, and selenium. Lactobacillus actually converts a sodium-based form of selenium into a different, more active form so that it can absorb into the body. This is particularly important for people living in Australia, which is classically selenium deficient because of the soil content there. I'm not sure if that's changed over the last six or seven years, um, but in the past, Australia has been kind of considered to be a selenium deficient place. Now, the byproducts created by the microbiome work with thyroid hormones to protect your digestive lining from becoming leaky. 
And a key healthy microbiome characteristic is the level of diversity of different probiotic species. An easy way to understand this is that we don't want too many or too few of a particular species. Just like we would if we were cooking a recipe in the kitchen. You don't want too much salt, too little salt. You want just the right amount. Now, in contrast, research now points to various illnesses associated with the low diversity of microbes in the microbiome. This association also seems to be the case with Hashimoto's disease. A few studies have now looked into impaired diversity of the microbiome in Hashimoto's disease. An important note to remember is that these studies are correlative and require further confirmation. So, hey, we're in early days here. But one interesting theme carried through the more prominent studies was the reduced presence of a species of bacteria called Prevotella. Now, the presence of this species doesn't represent you know, uh, an infection or anything that leads to Hashimoto's, but it's rather the function of Pre Prevotella. And the fact that it's in lower levels means that the function that it does or you know, it is engaged in doesn't happen. Now, in the case of Hashimoto's disease, Prevotella upregulates the immune system's ability to regulate the inflammatory T helper cells believed to cause autoimmune responses. So let me repeat that, and it's a long sentence. In the case of Hashimoto's disease, the bacterial species Prevotella upregulates the immune system's ability to regulate the uh, inflammatory T helper cells believed to cause autoimmunity. So without reasonable amounts of this bacteria, the immune system finds it hard to contain an autoimmune fire when it starts. When the thyroid slows down, so does the conveyor belt that carries your food through the digestive system, causing a different set of issues, which also illustrates the link between the gut and the thyroid. And we'll be exploring more of that straight after the break here on Free and Inspired Radio, episode 50, where we're looking at the gut and the thyroid. We'll be back with more very shortly. to take a break. Are you enjoying this episode of Free and Inspired Radio? There's no better time to take back your personal health sovereignty. If you want to connect with more free and inspired episodes, simply subscribe to your favorite podcast platform or visit the website at www.philipwatkins.health for more information. Let's get back to the show. back yes yes it's episode 50 of free and inspired radio we're exploring the link between the gut and Hashimoto's disease the thyroid autoimmune condition in this episode and in the second part of the show we're going to be looking a little bit deeper into what can happen when the thyroid slows down the digestion and you get this vicious cycle uh, between the digestion and the gut from a more sustaining point of view now, this slowdown leads to a different type of imbalance within the microbiome and one we've discussed in this show before, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or SIBO. If you haven't heard of SIBO before, it's the presence of excessive amounts of bacteria from the colon in the small intestine. SIBO can cause bloating, food sensitivities and changes in the bowel patterns with either loose diarrhea like stool or more constipation like challenging bowel experience. 
a small study looking at the link between SIBO Hashimoto's disease and low thyroid function found out that nine out that out of ninety subjects, a relatively small study, fifty-four um, percent of participants who had hyperthyroidism tested positive for SIBO. So it's quite a big quite a big look there. So there's a crucial point to look at when kind of assessing this study. Now, when looking at associative studies to assess the link between two of anything, we always have to remember the possibility of what's called a bi-directional relationship. We've talked about that before when we're thinking about the brain and the gut. But in the case of SIBO and the microbiome and Hashimoto's, we we also we know that SIBO changes the bacterial diversity of the microbiome, which as a consequence affects thyroid function and Hashimoto's disease. But we also know that hypothyroidism caused by Hashimoto's disease slows down the motility in the digestive system, causing SIBO. So it's a chicken and egg situation, right? And it's something that causes and sustains SIBO as well. Now, another highlight here is how easy it is to, to miss testing the thyroid when it comes to having irritable bowel syndrome or IBS symptoms. I remember a patient who I treated for IBS almost 10 years ago now successfully uh, coming back to the clinic uh, with the same symptoms again in six months and quite perplexed about why because she didn't change anything. She was actually still taking some of the old prescriptions to kind of maintain the benefits that we had already got for her. But it wasn't until we rechecked her thyroid that her antibodies were up and her thyroid stimulating hormone was through the roof. Interestingly, in this case, her levels had returned normal when we had checked previously. So this is where in some cases you can think you have IBS and you can have all the symptoms of IBS, the fatigue and the bloating and all that stuff, and also some of the constipation, for example, but you can miss some of those extra notes that may actually point to the thyroid. So a little tip there if you feel like that's appropriate for you. Building on the bacterial environment a little bit further, certain types of bacteria called gram-negative bacteria colonize themselves in the small intestine and other regions of the digestive system. If you're new to gram-negative bacteria, they're named this way because they don't have a cell wall. Now, not because they're necessarily negative. Uh, one of the issues with not having a cell wall is that toxic byproducts called lipopolysaccharides can leak out of the bacterial colonies and into the bloodstream. And this is why leaky gut is a problem. Now, this leak of toxic byproducts or LPS causes the immune system to flare up, increasing pro-inflammatory chemicals in the body. And the pro-inflammatory chemicals then influence both thyroid function and autoimmunity within the thyroid. So it lowers the thyroid function and also turns on the antibodies for the thyroid. So initial evidence shows that uh, improving these conditions can profoundly affect some people with Hashimoto's disease in general, but also in a pretty unexpected way. And that unexpected way is that it's possible that your microbiome may even affect how successful your medication for Hashimoto's is. So if you've recently been diagnosed with Hashimoto's or in fact you've had you know, a diagnosis for Hashimoto's for a long time, you will already know that really modern medicine's first and without, you know, with all due respect, only uh, intervention for Hashimoto's is generally just to correct the thyroid function using levothyroxine or L-thyroxine, um, your microbiome may actually dictate how successful your medication is. 
and that's crazy. And one particular study even found that a high-dose multi-strain probiotic formula reduced the number of L-thyroxin dose adjustments uh, compared to control groups. Even though it was small with 30 or so participants, the study concluded a role for probiotics in managing thyroid hormone levels thyroid hormone levels in the blood. Initial studies have also found a role in what's called symbiotics or combinations of pro and prebiotics uh, in the thyroid. Now, a randomized controlled double-blind um, placebo-controlled sorry, trial looked at the combination of pre and probiotics in 60 people with hypothyroid over eight weeks. The study showed that thyroid-stimulating hormone or TSH levels, often a vital indicator of thyroid function, were decreased along with fatigue levels. And as we looked at above, doses of thyroxin, L-thyroxin in this case, some people actually had their doses reduced, which is super interesting. But once again, only a small study, 60 people isn't enough. I, I wish it was. But the fact is, is it was randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled, and whenever you hear that, it's often a good sign of things to come. And uh, we can certainly look forward to um, the more extensive studies that follow, um, which will hopefully shed more light on why this happened and whether or not we can apply probiotics to a more significant population of people with Hashimoto's with these similar results. Wow. So let's summarize the gut and Hashimoto's disease. So firstly the gut can really, really affect, <laughs> in most articular way possible, can really, really affect how your minerals are absorbed into your body, which directly reduces your thyroid function. So that's one, the gut and your minerals. Two, your gut and the diversity of the bacteria within the gut can have a heavy influence on your immune system, but also can have a heavy influence on your thyroid function as well, especially autoimmunity. And thirdly, the slowdown in your thyroid function can then cause things like small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, which can then rebound back to affect your thyroid function again. So there's three things that have, you know, connect the gut and your Hashimoto's disease. And lastly, you've got the possibility that the microbiome, your own personal fingerprint, may have a direct effect on how successful your medication is. So that's a fourth thing there. So a few interesting connections here. Now, I'm doing recording this episode actually after my morning's patients on a, uh, on a Saturday, if you're interested. And one of my conversations was actually about how surprised one of my patients uh, felt uh, when now that we've ended her digestive treatment, and she was kind of commenting on how, um, how do I put this, how her digestive changes have rippled out to other health areas and the condition we were treating, uh, which is now under, under control, which is a, a different form of autoimmunity. Now, the connection between the gut and the thyroid, as, we looked at, as, as we've looked at, is a very intimate one, especially because also, you know, you've got 70% of your immune system in your digestion. So anything to do with autoimmunity or immunity, is really, really big. So would you believe, though, that this episode is now almost 25 minutes long, and I f really do believe we've only touched the basics. Isn't that nuts? But that does mean that there's room for a second episode, and hopefully I'll put that together soon. 
we haven't touched the immune system, we haven't touched the brain and Hashimoto's yet, and we normally are very gut brain heavy on Free and Inspired Radio. But look, I hope this episode, as with all of the other episodes, um, shows you the potential for change by mediating the relationship between Hashimoto's disease and the digestion microbiome and the gut, all three things that are similar. Um, It's definitely there, and it's not often that it's thought about. So maybe after listening to this episode, you have a new gateway to potentially get uh, in control uh, of Hashimoto's disease. Before we finish this free and inspired radio episode, if you would love to hear more from me and get the word on new articles, podcast episodes, and more, jump over to philipwatkins.health and join our community via the newsletter there. Uh, you can sign up on the homepage and get yourself a free ebook, Psychobiotics and the Probiotics in the Brain um, is the current ebook available to you, and that's yours for free. Uh, just go and sign up there and join the community. Uh, if you'd like to work with me, there are also measures there to schedule an appointment, either virtually if you're international or in person at the Integrated Medical Institute if you're here in Hong Kong. Uh, your reviews on Apple Spot, Apple Podcasts and Spotify help me get the word on the street. So if you're listening to this on YouTube, throw the video a like and subscribe to see when each new podcast is uploaded. I want to send, once again, big shouts to everyone. Uh, I get a lot of positive feedback, um, which is always unexpected about the podcast. And I'm very, very grateful about that. And it's helped me get this far basically. And once again, I want to send shouts to people who get this far on the show. Free Inspired Radio is about helping you to find the freedom to feel inspired again, and I hope this gets you one step closer. I'm going to try and get an episode done before Christmas, and it's going to be a little different. I'm just putting it together at the moment. It's either going to be Christmas Eve or it's going to be between Christmas and New Year, so stay tuned. If I don't get to speak to you before Christmas and it's something that you celebrate, then I hope you have a very, very, very great time. Um, Just completely lost my ability to speak, but I hope you have a great one and take care of yourself and those around you. And we'll be back with more Free and Inspired Radio for one more episode before 2023. We'll see you then. Bye. You made it to the end. This show is all about you, and we hope you finished this episode feeling one step closer to feeling free and inspired. We'll be back next week, but if you want to know more about Philip, please catch a digital flight to www.philipwatkins.health for further details about how we might be able to help. In the meantime, have a great morning, afternoon, or evening, and we'll see you for another episode next week.